Hi, everyone. It's Max and Izzy, and it hasn't been that long since we last did an episode, just because we're recording actually a week before this episode is released, but I'm glad to be back. And today we're discussing a topic that Izzy and I have wanted to talk about for a while, because I know it's been a while since we did a media episode. The last one we did was Euphoria, and you know that's been one of our most popular episodes. So I'm excited to kind of get into the social dilemma today. But just a disclaimer, um, even if you haven't watched The Social Dilemma, we're talking about social media usage in general and also kind of like the ins and outs of what we've learned because of this documentary. And even after you listen to this episode and you haven't watched it before, maybe go watch it after and learn a thing or two because you know there's only so much we can cover in today's episode. Part of why this episode is really important is because social media, that word or that phrase, pretty much appears in every single episode in one way or another. And that's basically because like we're so centered around it and our society is so centered around it, which we're, and really just acknowledging that there is a dilemma is what we want to do here today, because for some of us, it might not be that apparent. And that's kind of the job of these big platforms. And like they capitalize off of like making you oblivious in a way. So I'm really, really excited to dive deeper into what this huge dilemma actually is. So should we dive right into this dilemma that we really, really need to talk about? I'd love that pun. It's been a while, Izzy, but yes, let's do it. So Izzy, can you read today's three truth of today questions for this episode? Sure. So number one, what is the social dilemma and what makes it so powerful? Number two, how has the social dilemma affected teens throughout their lives? And three, what are the key takeaways from the social dilemma and how could we apply them to how we continue to use social media in the future? So just starting off with the first question, what is the social dilemma and what makes it so powerful? I think this is a pretty general question, but it's good because we kind of have to define what the social dilemma is before we can even get into this episode. I think the social dilemma like, is almost like a, I mean, I don't want to compare it to the Cold War, but the Cold War was a war that was fought silently. You know what I'm saying? There was no like real battles. And this is like kind of like a battle that's a silent battle. Um, because social media is obviously, if you're <laughs> if you're not living under a rock, is one of the biggest things that is part of our society. Izzy and I use it to promote our podcast. Izzy and I use it probably hours every day, even though we have other things to do. It's a very integral part of the teen experience, especially today, because we're really the first generation that has grown up with a modern form of social media. Of course, there's been things like MySpace, which like, you know, we hear about from like shows like Glee, which were recorded way back then and stuff when like social media was really emerging. But really now our generation has kind of grasped social media by its hand and like taken it by force you have platforms like tiktok which blow up in less than a year and now boast almost as many users as like facebook instagram um i think they have the last time i checked in i think this was like six months ago they had like 500 million users 
not trying to get on a tangent or anything, but the social dilemma, it's something that we don't examine in terms of like our usage of social media and how these companies, these platforms kind of, they don't control us, but they can influence us more than we even know. And it's difficult because kind of pinpointing the ways that they target like consumers like us, because at the end of the day, social media, the over arching cause of social media, it's not to interact with your friends. That That's not necessarily why all these programs exist. It's to kind of turn you into a customer or that's what the documentary implies. There was a quote right in the beginning of the documentary that um, was by Sophocles and it was nothing vast enters the life of mortals without a curse. And this is vast and we're mortals and it definitely is a curse in a lot of ways. I think, you know, if I'm just going to go over a little bit of what I watched the movie just two days ago, yesterday, because I really wanted to like give my freshest reaction. I know Max, you watched it a few months ago when it came out. And a lot of people that I know watched it when it came out. And I don't really know what was stopping me from watching it in the first place. I think it was part of like the fear of like knowing that like I was going to agree with what they're saying. And I think acknowledging that they're right and that really just hearing it from these people that created these platforms. I think that's part of why it was such a powerful documentary is because you see these people that are so rich and have been so successful and created these platforms that ended up creating the chaos that we live in right now. And they acknowledging that and they realizing like, this wasn't my intention. All these horrible consequences that have came along with it were not my intention. And seeing that and realizing that it's not just the people that are using it, it's the people that made it. It's like you see something that you made getting out of your own hands, which I think makes it so scary. And I think that's why, you know, it is such a dilemma. It's like you have this powerful tool of social media that can interact you with pretty much anyone in the world. Um, Or you can find out news. You can find out everything with a few clicks of a button. You can shop. You can do anything. But you also have its consequences. And I think the dilemma is how do you move forward with something like this? Because as of right now, we can't really get rid of something that's so integral and has helped so many people and has been the center of businesses and political campaigns, all sorts of things, something that's been so key within these kinds of movements. But you also need to get rid of it in some ways to like help people's health mentally and physically. And it's just like this dilemma of like, how do you move forward without moving back? I think is the real problem you know in the beginning of the documentary the interviewer was like to every single one of the tech gurus they were like what's the problem and they couldn't answer i just remember seeing that and yeah. they, were just like, they couldn't answer because like there's so you, many problems it's like there's a so many problems and once you say it out loud it's real yeah exactly there's so many problems it's it, it goes from everything to you know politics or um i don't know advancing like conspiracy theories i remember they talked about this one called pizzagate and again like you know i like i know we like to avoid politics on this podcast just because you know it's controversial obviously but um i think one thing that social media has definitely taken a toll on is the way that people perceive certain things that like have to do with their political like philosophy and you know it influences i mean i think a lot more young people use social media and 
you know, that definitely will have an influence on their political opinions in the future, etc. So the way that these platforms kind of decide to alter its algorithm to reach each person may kind of influence their future decisions, which is like creepy because like, you know, we could say that all day, but like at the end of the day, like both you and I, like we're, we definitely have been influenced by social media in ways that we don't even know. Just the algorithm knows, you know what I'm saying? There's things like AI, which trace, which AI, like they kind of make it sound, I kind of learned this, uh, this summer, but they kind of make it sound like it's, you know, kind of like a consciousness or anything, but it's really not. It's just something that kind of learns you. It learns like what you like, who you are as a person over time. And eventually uh, it gets to know you better than yourself. There's this show called Westworld that I watch. It's one of my favorite shows. It's on HBO. And pretty much it's all about how in the future, um, there's a bunch of data laws surrounding like people's personal privacy. And pretty much there, they were established like kind of like in the time we were living now. And this is like 20 years in the future. And there was like a buyout of this data before these laws went through. And now all this data is basically being used against these people to kind of like blackmail them, et cetera. It, it kind of just examines how algorithmic data pretty much culminates to make like a profile of you, which literally the social dilemma does. It like, I don't know, there's kind of like these pictures of this, like the main character. It's like an analogy guy. There were like these three guys uh, who were like talking about how, oh yeah, uh, let's let's run this at him and see like if he like chooses to buy it or not. Like, and it was kind of like an analogy, but like still it like, it shows you, this is like a real thing. It's not just people sitting in a chair kind of deciding what to do. Like literally a machine can do this. A, an algorithm can get to know you better than you do yourself, your subconscious decisions and stuff. So I think that's really, really scary. Do you think that there's something that we can do to stop it? Or do you think it's just something that we kind of have to live with? That question is part of like, if we're going back to my overall opinion on the documentary, I think that was really the only part of it that I didn't like because the whole documentary focused on addressing this problem. A lot of the information, like in my personal opinion, I feel like a lot of it was known fact. It was just these, I guess the only thing that really made it more powerful was like these big people reiterating it and these big people being people that created such successful companies and realizing there is a problem but I think the void for me was that there was no proposal on how to fix it and you know I've been thinking about this all day because I knew we were going to do this episode and like I was just thinking about like I don't even know where to begin fixing something like this because it's already caused so much damage and it's already caused so much divide like for example with like the politics and relating back to those three guys in the movie that are basically controlling the fate of that kid. I think beyond influencing people, it controls people. I would have to say in the sense, like it was literally deciding the fate of like, what's going to come next on his feed. Oh, it's this protest. Let's go. And then, and then they got arrested. Like, it's just like a lot of like people behind the screen, just deciding your fate for you and knowing what's going to trap you and knowing like what's going to engage you, what's going to keep you on their app. They reference a lot of times surveillance capitalism, which is like this super scary concept of like them profiting, like you were saying before, your time, your privacy, like just making money off of what it is that you're doing on their apps and like spying on you and having all this like information. And they were like, because it's such a modern concept, there's not really any legislation that's like, yeah, like companies have their privacy policy that you agree to all the time when you go on a website or whatever. But the second you 
check that. Like you're giving consent to things that you don't even know, like what they're tracking anymore. It was just like really, really scary hearing them go on and on about that. I really want to get to this point where I'm able to come up with something as to the first step of how to even fix it. Acknowledging a problem is a good step in the right direction. Yeah, it's a good start for sure. It's a good start. But then you get the whole world to acknowledge it, right? Something happened in the movie that kind of resembles what's going on right now. It was like the main, I guess, interviewee uh, or the person being interviewed, Tristan Harris. I forgot exactly what company. I think it was Google previously. It was two companies. Yeah, he was like a part of like both. Yeah, uh-huh. And he made this presentation about the fact that the, this is a huge problem to his company at Google. This was like in the beginning of the documentary and he sent it to like big people in the firm. They were talking about it for a day. Oh my goodness, he's right. This is crazy. And then the next day he was like, it was completely silent. Like it was like acknowledging it is like not even half the battle. It's just like knowing that something's there as opposed to taking action, I feel like is what's so hard about this. I mean, do you have any like suggestions as like how you would go about fixing something like this? Just before, like, I kind of get into that, uh, you brought up a really interesting point because, like, I think social media has kind of made us, like, this one fixed problem society, like, or, like, short fix thing. Like, I I, I kind of can't explain it in, like, one or two words. Like, for example, when you're scrolling on TikTok, these videos are 15 seconds. It's like, oh, I want new content every 15 seconds. It's like, I watched this. Oh, my God, that was funny. On to the next one. Like, forget about it. You know what I'm saying? It's like perpetual cycle where like we go through every single day like I can't even remember what I ate for lunch two days ago and like what I would maybe I know like what that is if I didn't use social media I have no idea but definitely like for example and I know I reference this all the time like at camp where I don't have my phone and I don't have social media I definitely could remember that a lot easier what I would say like in terms of like the solution some people might suggest like oh just go off social media Like, that's, that's just not feasible, especially like with our generation. I'm not saying like, you know, not taking a break once in a while is like good is good. Like it it absolutely is. I delete TikTok during the week to focus on my schoolwork. And it's very beneficial, especially for my mental health. I don't really understand like how much of an impact it has on my mental health. In fact, like there was a statistic on the social dilemmas website. It said that A 5,000-person study found that higher social media use correlated with self-reported declines in mental and physical health and life satisfaction, according to the American Journal of Epidemiology. I mean, it's not shocking just because I know, like, social media, it's addictive. It's a drug. It gives you, like, a sense of fulfillment. Do you know what I mean? I used to think that using social media all the time was, like, kind of, like, a smart thing to do because, like, you know, on Snapchat, for example, like, they have these, like, news curated stories and I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm staying up to date with the news and stuff like that. Like, I'm learning, like, you know what I'm saying? But, like, now, like, looking back on that, I'm like, was I really learning something or was I just consuming? You know what I'm saying? Like, is that going to really have an impact on my life in 10 years? And I think about that all the time. Like, is what I'm consuming now as like a social media user and also a teen, is that going to have an effect on me in 10 years? Should I keep using social media or should I focus on my schoolwork? Like we said last week, like, you know, school, a lot of the stuff that we learn, it's not really necessarily like going to benefit us long term. It's a dilemma. I don't think just going off social media is the solution. I think it's more like using it for for purposes that you know will improve you. I'm not saying everything on social media is like beneficial. And I'm not saying that like you have to suck all the fun of social out of social media. I'm just saying like maybe just being a lot more conscious. But then again, it's really hard. 
you know, to really make change, like you can delete social media. I can delete social media. I have no problem with it. I, I don't think I would. Um, and there's been times where I have besides like the annoyingness of like, where have you been on Instagram these past three weeks? Like, oh, I, I just wanted to take a break. What do you mean a break? Is everything yeah. okay? Yeah. Like, no, like, I, I mean, I deleted it because like, it's bothering me and I don't want it on my phone. You and I can make that change. But then you need to also convince every single person in this planet to make that change too. Because like, overall, like the bad things of social media are not necessarily coming from the general population like you or I it's coming from the bigger bigger like figureheads that are like controlling different industries and that's like what we're reading that's what's dividing us like it's not really the everyday average Joe just posting something on there of like him at like eating avocado toast like that's not what's creating like the toxic problems that they address in the movie. Um, You referenced a lot of good things when you just spoke. Something else, uh, there was another quote that was like, the only industries that call their customers users are drug industries. It's true. Like, I mean, it is like the same sort of stimulation as a drug. Like you could feel a sense of satisfaction for a temporary amount of time, but it wears off and then it ends up creating something worse. Also like, they were talking about the link between psychology and social media, which again, I, I kind of knew that there was a link in the way that these businesses had their business model to just work alongside the human mind. I mean, there's no um, secret with that, you know, like the idea of the refresh button, they were talking about how that's like um, analogous to using a slot machine. So sometimes when you pull down the slot machine, you're going to get money. And sometimes when you pull it down, you're just going to get that same thing so it's like that 50 50 probability that like keeps people on their toes it's no secret that they have that there was a lot of things where it's like I kind of knew that already but you know it was good to see that I wasn't crazy and that these people that made it know that there's something wrong with it too yeah it makes me think you know will will there be like data privacy laws enacted in the future this problem like so many other problems that we talk about on this podcast it's largely ignored by a lot of adults, which adults, like, they don't use social media as often. I'm saying, like, legislators, for example. I don't know what the average age of, like, a legislator is, but not every legislator is, like, 20 in their 20s, you know what I'm saying? So, obviously, they're less likely to use social media because social media use currently is very prevalent among teens. And I'm sure as we grow older, it's still going to be a huge thing in our life, especially for things like business when, like, we get into that and stuff. So, it, it just makes me think like once maybe legislation is kind of thrown into the ring, like, will it be too late by then? Will corporations already have like all the data that they have on certain people? It's just an interesting thing to think about. But I think we can explore the notion of that more in our second truth of today question, which is how has the social dilemma affected teens and also us throughout our lives? So I was on the social dilemmas website earlier and I found this like kind of bingo thing. And it was kind of just these situations or like kind of just statements that like we might relate to as like people who use social media and maybe just kind of relating them back to what we learned in the documentary, I think would be really interesting. So Izzy, do you want to like start by reading one and we could talk about it? Sure. And a lot of like this question we kind of already addressed in the first one, they do definitely overlap because all of the things with surveillance capitalism and all these things, like they're affecting us too. 
not just these big corporations were getting affected, not necessarily in a good way with a lot of these things, but that's definitely why it's affecting teens as well. So the first thing in this bingo, and I'm going to put it in the um, promotion on our Instagram, we'll do like a little slide so you guys can maybe do this and share it on story, maybe tag truth of youth or something. So the first one is fell into a deep virtual rabbit hole. I think they're referring to like when you literally just end up scrolling for hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah, it's happened. Yeah, it happened a lot during quarantine. I think that was probably at its peak, just having time that I didn't know how to waste (laughs) because I was like just mentally affected by all these other things and social media magnified those things. And as much as it was making me crazy during a time where there was so many things going on, like I felt the need to, and that was probably like the worst like virtual rabbit holes. I probably had that a lot. I definitely agree. Because I I think like most people, I've always had maybe like once or twice a month where this happens to me, just like it'll be like a Saturday night and like I just won't feel like going out and I'll just be like, oh, I'm going to watch a movie and then I'll be like, oh, no, I'm going to go on my phone for two hours. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, It's just like a mindless thing. And like, you know, I'm not saying like it's a terrible thing to do. Cause it's like, let me, let's be honest. Like it, it's, it's nice to indulge once in a while. It's just nice to do something. But like, you know, when you watch this documentary, it just scares you. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, d- is that just giving these corporations or these platforms more power? And so like, I think that's also like part of the reason that apps like TikTok blew up during quarantine. If quarantine and Corona didn't happen, I don't think it would have been as big of a platform as it is currently. Cause like, what is everyone doing like in March or April when like we're all stuck inside and like we have only thing we only have school to do and nothing else you know what I'm saying the second one that I thought was interesting was saw an ad for something I was just talking about and I think this goes along with um what what's it called the capitalism thing that you just surveillance said? capitalism yeah surveillance capitalism so Uh, they were talking a little bit about this in the documentary and they were like, it's not a coincidence that you'll see something that you were just talking about. That is so scary to me because I think there's going to be something and I don't know if this is a conspiracy theory or anything and I don't like getting controversial like that, but I think there was something that I read a few years ago that was like, there's going to be a day where there's going to be some like microphone scandal in terms of like recording someone when they're talking and how that might translate to targeted advertising and something. And I have no idea if that's actually the case. I've just heard that before. But it's just, it's freaky. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll be looking at like something on like Instagram and then like on like Google or like on YouTube, like there'll be a video about like a celebrity that you were just like liking a post of. And like, again, it could be a coincidence, but is it a coincidence? You have no idea. You don't know if it's like this kind of like this link, this like linkage of all these different corporations and how they pass on information. And I just wonder personally, like, if they do have this like profile of me based on like my usage, which again, it's been hours on top of days on top of weeks over my life of all this stuff. Like, I just wonder kind of like what they do know about me. Yep. I mean, I think they definitely have profiles on people, which is really, really scary. But I think when you have so much leverage over so many people, like it's not for nothing. Like, I guess they just you know, that gives them power. Like you don't really know what they could do with that, you know? Um, And whatever Westworld, what you were talking about, like, I feel like that's not necessarily extremely far-fetched. I really hope that doesn't happen. I think like there should be regulation for sure. Like, especially as this has become more prominent in our society. Like I was kind of shocked to see that there really isn't that much regulation upon like 
how much data these companies can collect about us. And I really wish there was because I don't know what I've ever scrolled through. I don't know my search history by heart. I don't know, but they do. <laughs> so, yeah. so things like that. But for this one, a hundred percent, I've saw an ad for something I was just talking about yesterday. I went to a bakery to get some bread and I was talking to the cashier and she's like, Oh my God, I love your sweater. Where'd you get it? She was like the nicest person ever. It literally made my day. I was like, Oh, it's, it, I got a Nordstrom. It's from free people. Not even two minutes later, like there's a free people ad on my, on my phone for like, crazy. yeah, for like a sweater. And like, I don't know, the phone was like in my pocket. Like it wasn't like, yes, it's from free people. (laughs) Like, no, it was like in my pocket. And I was just telling this random woman about my sweater and we talked about it for a while. And then I left, but it was like on my phone, like two minutes later, I was, I don't know. It's crazy. The next one is got into a comment war with a stranger I personally have not actually. I mean, I've seen my friends get into combat wars. Like I've seen it. I'll like be in the comments. I'm like, oh my God, I know them. Like they're literally arguing back and forth with this random person. I don't know. I, I feel like I don't have the energy to comment with someone that's just like hiding behind a screen and like not really like doing anything and can say whatever they want. And like, you don't know what they mean. You don't know what they're kidding about. Like, it's just like too much energy. And I usually don't even go in comment sections of like controversial sort of like posts where I might get into an argument. This happens a lot on political posts. I like read the comments. I'm like, yeah, like, what's the point? You're not moving forward. You're not coming to a compromise because we've already seen that social media cures us to things that we're interested in and often cures us away from other points of view. And so that's why most people that have a certain political affiliation or whatever it may be, know so much more about what they believe. And yes, that makes sense by nature, but they don't really know anything about what other people believe because social media is telling us to view the things that we like and view the things that we agree with. And so like somebody in the documentary was like, yeah, I made sure like, I followed people with the opposite political affiliation so I can take back like my control and say, go against like, no, they're telling me I should view all these posts by this politician, but I'm going to follow someone that I literally despise so I can take back control, but also learn about what they're saying because it might not be entirely wrong. Yeah. And that's part of the solution too. You know what I'm saying? Like taking back control, what we were talking about earlier, like that might be a method of like, you know, I don't know, messing with the algorithm or just making sure that you still have like part of you that kind of retains that sense of like humanity. And isn't that whole mold that they're trying to create? Um, In terms of common wars with strangers, I mean, I can only recall one incident and it wasn't even like a controversial thing in my opinion. It was just like, Someone posted um, about like this brand a few months ago, this brand Shine um, pretty much was selling like a swastika necklace on their website. And there was like a bunch of social media backlash. And obviously there should be because it's anti-Semitic and it obviously can affect people. Um, although it is another cultural symbol, but I can't really like, you know, get into all the specifics of that. Cause I'm not, it's not really the point, but um, if you want to look it up, I'm sure. Uh, there's a news article on it. But anyway, there was someone on TikTok who was like publicizing Shine. And, and it was like literally, I think like two or three days after the whole scandal happened. It was like, I, I didn't, I don't even remember what I said. It wasn't like malicious or anything. I was just like, maybe like be like more conscious of like the brands that you're promoting, like do the research or something like that. Because I don't like when people 
kind of like just post stuff that like they don't do the research about before. I think like when you have a record of these things that like certain corporations are seeing because like they have a record of all this stuff, like you want to make sure that's like something that's representative, like your real values and stuff, especially when it comes to politics and stuff. Um, Although this isn't political. Uh, I was just, and I got like, literally, I think I got like 50 comments, like responding to my comment, like, why are you bashing them? Like, it's just a brand. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, I didn't like go after anyone, but I was like, I'm not trying to bash anyone. I was like, just like do your research. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I just think it's important kind of just like to, on social media, you're supposed to be constructive, but if it's like to a point where it's just really bad, there's a, there's a reason you have a block button. You know what I'm saying? Which is good. I'm glad that social media gives you that power. Although I'm not necessarily sure if it's power now because they obviously know like, you know, you don't want that stuff on your feet or whatever. And I don't know if you can necessarily classified that as a comment war but I just like you know that's 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 something that's happened to me I don't know I I just think it's interesting to see how maybe like did that coming off of my feed like did was that incited by something I did previously I have no idea but it's just it's just interesting to think about so just to kind of wrap up this question uh we got this from the social dilemmas website and it says in the middle as like a square signed up to take back control at the socialdilemma.com. So, you know, I signed up earlier today, but I think uh, it's kind of interesting because they, I guess, send you like weekly newsletters or something of maybe like how to kind of be smarter about your social media use. And, you know, I don't want to be like one of those people like in fifth grade where we were learning like all those like how to be cyber safe like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like those, how like the library would like teach you that stuff. I don't want to be like that, but like, you know, it's just like maybe incorporating one or two habits into like your daily social media use routine. Like I think it could be beneficial. So maybe check that out. And if you guys want us to maybe debate one of these other things or talk about one of these other things on the bingo, we've included it in the description and maybe put it in a Q and A or something in a great debates related to this. Cause we like talking about this stuff. So yeah. So the third question reads, what are the key takeaways from the social dilemma and how can we apply them to how we utilize social platforms in the future? First and foremost, acknowledge that there's an issue. Acknowledge that there are these corporations that can track us and can do all these things. I think, you know, believe it or not, like I, I mean, before watching it, like I I knew it was a problem. um, And it just magnified it a little more, but there are still people that just think it's fine, that think it's normal that think it's healthy but you know yes they over exaggerate things in the documentary but like there are people that i'm sure like for example with like the main family that the documentary often incorporated they were eating dinner and the mom saw like a product on shark tank i remember that episode of like this lock box that like locks your it's meant for food but you can lock other things in it and she locked her daughter's phone she was young girl And the girl literally in less than like five minutes got up, smashed the box completely, took her phone out, went upstairs. It was just like, it was crazy. But believe it or not, like I'm sure there are people in this world that would go to that extent to like a hundred percent, you know, Um, or throw a tantrum or, you know, just like literally like storm out of the house. Like, and like, same thing with her brother who needed to give up his phone for a week. The parents were just like, do it for a week. Like, I bet you can't. But he's like, no, like, I'll do it. And within three days, which honestly was better than I expected, he took it back, scrolled for hours and hours. And then, like, he fell asleep with his phone. Like, you could just see, like, he looked physically exhausted. He lost interest in soccer. Like, it does these things, you know? So, like, acknowledging that 
And realizing that I'd say is like the main key takeaway. I haven't signed up for that thing, but I'm going to because you just showed me this bingo. But the documentary did show ways to go against the algorithm and like try and fight it and like just kind of live your own life and, and, you know, do the unexpected, the unpredictable because they're, they think you're so dumb. Like they're like, oh, she likes this. She's going to scroll on it for another two hours and I'm going to make a ton of money and it's going to be fine. I'm going to profit. I'm going to be successful. I can take my jet somewhere. Perfect. You know, just because this one girl is so clueless and scrolling through this app for hours, go against that. Go like when the boy like didn't use his phone for three days, they were like losing their minds because they were like, what did I do? Like, what is wrong with him? Why is he not using it? We need to do everything in our power to get him attracted to his phone. And then I think what they did was like, they made his ex-girlfriend start dating this other guy and he saw it and he was like, that's it. I'm going back on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I remember that. That was, Yeah, that was like interesting because it, it's a situation that I bet you a lot of people could relate to. Um, which I liked about the movie. Like, I, it was, like, very relatable. But, like, it was a very factual, which I really appreciated. Pertaining to this question, I think a key takeaway for me is, like, also recognizing that there's a problem, but ask yourself maybe, like, what do I use social media for? For example, I can answer this question myself. I use social media, because I, I have a few accounts, but I use social media, number one, to, you know, obviously promote the podcast, because it's, it's a very important part of our podcast, like, how we communicate with our listeners. Number two, kind of just to stay in contact with my friends. I DM with a bunch of people, you know, sending them funny stuff. It's just fun. Like, you know what I'm saying? And number three, I think also to keep up with current events. But, you know, obviously there's downsides to that. For example, we'll see posts that kind of upset us and also posts that maybe like, you know, you'll see your friend hanging out with another person without you. That could upset you. So limiting your time on social media, especially like, for example, what I do like during the week, like I delete TikTok. I'm debating deleting all social media during the week now. But the fact that I even have to like delete it just shows you like how addicting it is. And like, I don't even know if you can like blame those kids, like, you know, for like cracking open like that, like safe thing. It's an addiction. It really is. I want to look up like that study statistic that I kind of mentioned earlier, like social media use compared to drug, like drug addiction, like maybe how like it compares. Um, Because I think it would be really interesting. They mentioned um, a statistic that I kind of expected it, but it was like just alarming. It was about like one about depression and one about suicide rates. And it was like exponential growth. It was pretty steady until like 2010. And then 2010, it skyrocketed and it just keeps skyrocketing. And it's just like really, really sad to see that like, I'm sure like part of it is like knowing that these companies have so much power, but like, again, feeling like stuck in this dilemma of not knowing what to do. And that's what makes people like depressed and and scared and anxious. And it's like, it's really, really, really difficult. Also like super insecure. I mean, I felt so bad for that girl. Like she cracked open the safe. She went upstairs, used her phone, posted a selfie. I remember this. She posted a selfie and she was getting so beautiful, whatever. And then somebody was like, could your ears look any bigger? And then she like went to the bathroom and like covered them and was crying. And I was like, there is nothing wrong with you. Like there's nothing wrong with you. And my mom was like, oh my God, there's literally nothing wrong with her. But like that's not just one girl. Like this happens to so many people. That is like one of the really, really relatable aspects. So like realizing that first of all, you're not the only one that feels this way. 
you're not the only one that's like, oh my God, I, I kind of wish that we didn't live in a time where this was a thing. But I agree with you understanding why it is that you use it. I think I use it for kind of similar reasons. But like, I guess like the third thing that you said about like current events, like that's part of why I, I kind of don't want to use it in a way because they were like fake news travels six times faster than real news. You don't even really know what to believe anymore. Is it because they're filtering it so you can enjoy it and stay on their app and read it? and it agree with you and you realize that you're right and praise you and give you the satisfaction and validation of what you're thinking or is it actual fact like it's the way that like internet-based press works and like how a lot of it is not even false but it's like there's things that are left out that make it not the full picture those would really really be the key takeaways and I'm not saying like you know, it would be really hypocritical of me to be like, oh, don't ever use social media. I have it. I use it. You know, realizing like when it's affecting you poorly to like, maybe it's a good idea to just go off of it for a little bit. Or maybe it's a good idea to not watch that recommended video or because that's what they want you to do. What do you have to lose too? It is a big thing in our life overall, but you know, it is what it is. And Yeah, I think that's a pretty good way to wrap up. I am glad that we got to talk about this documentary. If you haven't watched it yet and you're listening to the end of this episode, please go watch it. It is so worth your time. And it's really not long. It goes by quick. And I definitely, the credits take up at least 10 minutes of that. Literally, but I watched the whole thing. Watch it if you get the chance. It was, it really, very, very interesting. There's a bunch of documentaries that- Like, I don't regret watching it. Yeah, I don't think you'll regret watching it because it's like very good in terms of addressing like what's going on from these big people. And it did some time capsules of like events that happened and how social media portrayed them. It's, It's definitely worth your time. You won't like regret watching it. And I think it's very, very important to be aware of these kinds of things. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. If you like this episode or anything else, please be sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and a review because like we really do want, you know, this is our 25th episode. So like it's been, today's my half birthday. So I'm just thinking like it's been- Happy half birthday. (laughs) Yeah. I literally remember recording an episode like right after I my birthday was yeah i remember so that weird. like it literally feels like it was like two days ago yeah anyway so yeah this is our 25th episode like we want to get better we want- and then the google forms in our link tree are super helpful in doing so it's just very easy for us to see everything that you guys think anything else i think that's it but hopefully we'll have an interview for our next episode um i think we have a few things that are set up that are gonna really excite you guys um so definitely stay tuned on our instagram interact with like our polls and stuff we like when you guys do that and yeah oh, it's so fun i yeah, don't know it really it is. so happy all right thank you guys for listening and we will see you soon bye guys bye guys